Money FM 89.3. Best of Drive Time. Drive Time with Elliot, Timothy, and Chen Chen. Only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. It is Drive Time. I'm Elliot Danker. Time now to turn our attention to headlines coming out of the United States. Uh, we start with China beginning drills around Taiwan over the weekend as the island's defense ministry reported multiple air force sorties and said it was monitoring the movement of uh, China's, uh, China's missile forces. Now, the United States has also said it's watching these developments as well and the question is how the U.S. will react in the face of Chinese hostility. Today on the Washington Report, we'll take a look at these and other headlines. On the line with me is Pushan Did, who is Professor of Economics at INSEAD. Uh, Professor, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm good. Thanks a lot for taking the time. Of course, uh, let's start off with that situation where China kicking off three days of military drills around Taiwan. I believe this happened on Saturday. And uh, all this after condemning Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen's meeting with U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, China claiming it's it's a bit of a stern warning against Taiwan. Your thoughts about this as well as the timing? So the pattern, the timing, the positions of various parties, the statements, they've all become very predictable. Mm. So I get this feeling of deja vu again and again. So the sequence goes like this. There's some meeting of Taiwanese and U.S. leaders. Immediately, there are a series of strong statements by Chinese leaders and a series of drills by the Chinese showcasing their strength. Okay. Then after a few weeks or months, things cool down and then the world moves on. This has happened when uh, this has happened recently. It happened when Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan. So these, I'm also uh, uh, of the view that these repeated drills must be costly for the Chinese. And I actually just uh, don't see a big impact happening if it happens so frequently and so often. Mm. Uh, what have we heard so far as far as the United States response is concerned, you know, with regard to, you know, them condemning uh, Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen's meeting with the U.S. House Speaker? So the U.S. has not said much. In mm. fact, no administrative uh, official participated in this meeting. And the official statement which came out was that they too oppose unilateral changes to the status quo. Mm -hmm. So in in fact, the entire visit was organized by an entity called the American Institute in Taiwan. So this institute is backed by the State Department in the U.S., but it does not play a formal role in diplomacy. At the same time, the optics do matter because this was the first instance that a U.S. speaker met a Taiwanese leader on U.S. soil since 1979. And Kevin McCarthy promised more arms for Taiwan in an expedited fashion. But they were also a little bit careful because they emphasized that this is not just about the U.S.-China relationship, but they also spoke about trade, economic ties, and, and supporting each other countries in terms of democracy. Of course, this is a bit ironical because Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker, continues to support Donald Trump, who tried to overturn elections violently in the world's oldest democracy. Yeah, that's an interesting point to bring up there. Uh, Professor, on the economics front, we've got the International Monetary Fund saying that, or warning in fact, that uh, China and closely associated Southeast Asian economies are likely to suffer the most from these ongoing geopolitical tensions. Can I get your thoughts on this? So when you talk to trade economists about this, they have, and when they think about trade, they talk about two aspects. One is what they call trade creation and the other what they call trade diversion. 
So think of think of an actual war or a trade war between U.S. and China, which actually happened. So first, consumers are hurt as they have to pay higher prices. Mm-hmm. Producers are hurt, some of them, because they cannot import inputs that they need to make the stuff they produce. So there's less trade between these countries. So it will hurt consumers and producers in both countries. To the extent that Southeast Asian countries are inside these complex supply chains, the trade creation aspect, the negative part of it, means that they will hurt as well. But there's a trade diversion aspect. What is that? So the U.S., instead of buying from China, actually started buying from Mexico and Japan. So uh, similarly, China, instead of buying soybeans from the U.S., started buying it from Brazil. Today, we see Apple is shifting part of its supply chain and factories to Vietnam and India. So so on the trade diversion, there might be some benefits if some of the supply chains actually exit and go to Vietnam or India. So the overall impact depends on basically the net strength of these two forces. Mm. Uh, Professor, let's move on uh, to talk about the top uh, foreign and defense officials of the United States and the Philippines set to meet in Washington this week. This, of course, as the two countries have expanded their defense cooperation agreement. Amidst the rising tensions in the South China Sea, the American military is set to expand its presence in the Philippines. Uh, Are we reading too much into this? No, I think this is part of the broader U.S. strategy, Mm. which is all about monitoring and deterring China, both in the South China Sea and around Taiwan. So these are the big flush points, which we, you know, briefly touched upon. So it's also important to understand Philippines' perspective. So China basically redrew the map of the South China Sea by building 10 artificial island bases, including one inside Philippines' exclusive economic zone. Now, Philippines had, uh, had tried to do this balancing act between the two superpowers, but today it's become very worried because they see uh, China expanding and claiming that South China Sea is part of its territorial waters. Okay. Now, on the surface, they've only spoken, they've said this is also humani- humanitarian responses, but that's a fig leaf. It's basically about deterring Chinese expansion and monitoring its military. Professor, just a bit of a background here, and this is with regard to a U.S. abortion, um, you know, access to a U.S. abortion in doubt. Now, there was a Trump-appointed federal judge in Texas ordering a hold on the long-standing approval of a widely used abortion drug. Um, but an hour later, an Obama-picked judge in Washington state issued competing ruling ordering that access to the drug be preserved in 17 states. Now, the dueling court orders make it likely that the issue is set to escalate to the U.S. Supreme Court. And this is is the problem when you have such a big country and, and such a legal system. Uh, could I get your thoughts, Professor, on the big issue right now uh, and the potential impact of the Texas ruling? So I think this is going to be a very big deal. So the whole thing was triggered when the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade and kicked back uh, the abortion laws back to the state. So Republican-dominated states, they sort of immediately moved to restrict uh, abortion, and now everything's gotten bogged down in the court system both at the state level and the federal level. There's something a little bit absurd about the U.S. where the the, the judges actually run for elections mm. and therefore their ideologies really matter, who's the attorney general matters. Yeah. And as a result, this and, and that I think is the source of this entire entire mess. So this dueling decisions is, is, is something which hasn't happened uh, before and it will be settled by the Supreme Court, but it can take months to do so. But I want to actually step back and talk about one more thing. Just, uh, you know, forget about abortion for a minute. Just think about how absurd this is. A single district court judge who lacks scientific and medical expertise 
is making decisions on what, what usually the FDA does. Now, the FDA approval is used not just by the U.S., is the gold standard for drug approval. It's used by many other countries, including, you know, Singapore partially relies on it. So it undermines the FDA's authority to assess and approve medications. And of course, this is going to have an impact on all our lives. Well, I mean, when you've had leadership questioning the medical science behind COVID restrictions, then I'll just leave it as that, Professor. <laughs> but, I mean, this is the problem. I mean, when, when your legal system is such in such a huge country, we're expecting for sure there's going to be some kind of discord or dissent between uh, the Democratic, the Democratic and Republican parties. We're expecting this to to sort of overflow into the 2024 presidential elections. I mean, didn't quite work out in favor during the uh, midterms. Uh, what are you expecting here? So I think you know for the Republicans, this is like the dog who finally caught the car. They've been. <laughs> They've been sort of posturing and playing to their base on on abortion on Roe versus Wade, but, you know, they could get away with it because they really didn't have to do anything. They could just posture. Now they have to do something because their base demands it. So they're uh, doing these series of uh, legislations, you know, restricting abortion, threatening prison time to doctors, hospital administrators, and even like friends who assist in abortion. So uh, we see that the government is getting deeply involved in very personal and morally fraught decisions. So I think politically, this is a loser for the Republicans. They did lose the midterms that they were supposed to win because women showed up in large numbers. Mm. And any time they put up this issue on a direct ballot, they seem to lose even in deep red states. So I think the Republicans are getting disconnected from the majority of Americans who who have, uh, you know, mixed opinions about this, but they are sort of somewhere in the middle. All right. We've been speaking with Pushanjit, who is Professor of Economics at NCR. Professor, I appreciate your time today. You take care and have a great Monday evening. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.